This is a podcast series created by the entrepreneurship team at the University of Sussex. We want this to be a space that inspires, informs and speaks to students and recent graduates. Whether you're looking to turn an idea into an income or if you want to be an innovator within an organisation, this podcast is for you. In this series, we'll be talking to people who refused to put themselves in a box. They've pursued alternative career paths and they're enjoying the journey. Do you feel like you're on a fixed path and you can't change it? Do you think that you're studying or have studied a particular subject which defines your next steps? Be inspired, dare to think differently and create the future you want. are you? What did you study? And when did you graduate? Okay, so hi first. Um, my name is Simone and uh, I guess the first thing you want to know is where I'm from, um, even though that probably says less about me than everything else. But I was born in Italy, uh, but I only spent six years there. Um, so whenever someone asks me, who am I? I always like to say, just another guy trying to make it through this crazy world. Um, but no, to answer the yeah the question directly, I'm I'm Italian, but I was raised in in German-speaking countries, so Switzerland, Germany, and Austria. Um, and yeah, I studied development studies over at IDS, so at Sussex, and I graduated about a year and a half now, so in 2000, 2019. Okay, Sussex graduate, welcome. So why why development studies? Development studies. I actually had. No idea what development studies was until about a month and a half before I applied to the degree, which was also two months before the degree started. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the backstory to that is that I, I've always loved using my hands and I, I've always loved traveling, um, to help out yeah, people in any way possible. So I went to, I went to Nepal after the earthquake in 2015. I started a, a charity in Zimbabwe with one of my, one of my professors for my bachelor and yeah whether it was that kind of reconstruction or or yeah collaborating with people in, in academia I was always want I always wanted to spend time in yeah in different places and try to help where I could yeah from the the seams of it it was this perfect degree that was trying to help students use their yeah try to use their minds to give the rest of the world to some extent the opportunities that, that they've had um to be where they are so I think that really resonated with me yeah. and and you talk about like um being really pro- proactive before taking up your master's in development studies at Sussex and actually going and helping following an earthquake um being on the ground in a humanitarian sense but I guess did you have a clear idea about what you wanted to do after the MA finished no absolutely not so um I mean, most development studies students, I think, have a, a path in some way that's paved. So you have your topics that are really interesting to you. Um, my master thesis was on child slavery, uh, and I'm really, it shouldn't be something that we are still worrying about. So I, I would, I would definitely like to tackle that. Um, but in order to do that, you have this kind of, yeah, you have the standard path that you need to follow. Um, and that's whether you join an NGO as a, you know, a project coordinator or, a, you know, you go to the UN and you're in the policy making side. 
you very quickly, yeah, I feel like if you're not in the actual countries themselves doing the work, you very quickly get detached from the work that you're doing. And I guess after I graduated, I wasn't too keen to do that kind of grind. I didn't want to lose this kind of, yeah, I guess fire is the, is the word for it. I'm, I'm really, really passionate about these things and I don't want, yeah, I don't want to lose myself in this bureaucratic mess, I guess. And so, yeah, so after almost three, four months of really, really thinking hard about that, I decided, yeah, I'm not going to go that kind of traditional development route. I'm going to set you a challenge now. I'm going to ask you to tell us about your film company and your business in 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So that's elevator pitch. Um, yeah, long story short, we started. I started a film company with one of my best friends after we spent a year traveling out of a van in Australia. And it's kind of twofold. We started it because we want to try and evoke a feeling in audiences. Um, kind of like film, I mean, that's literally what films do. And in my life experience, there's very few things that have made me feel the way um, films have. And so we strive in, in essence to make any film, whether it's uh, documentaries or films or, or lecture streams, um, to try and, yeah, inject a little bit more kindness, I guess, into the world, uh, to merge these two, two disciplines that I'm interested in. So development and, and film and to pretty much yeah, I think every film that we've made so far, whether it was a, a marketing advertisement or, you know, something we did where we traveled in um, in the mountains or, or anything like that, the goal was always to show this kind of unity between the subjects we were working with and what we were doing. So it's very important to us that we, I think I'm, I'm going over the one minute, right? We make films. <laughs> yes, you're just at the one minute. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, but amazing! So you found a way to combine your love of development and development issues, humanitarian issues, with making films, so that you can raise the profile of different projects, raise awareness of different issues through the medium of film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to be honest as well. The first year so far has been 100%. Um, we're only getting started on our first documentary now. So it's been, it's been a long time coming. It feels at least because it's definitely more of the kind of film that I want to work in, but you have to make compromises, obviously, when you're running your own business. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the idea is, is that to, to try it. And not even just put more attention on these topics, but I mean, I did do a master in development studies. I feel like I have some information floating around in my head that might be, you know, also useful in a more, um, maybe a consulting fashion. But to kind of also work with the projects on the ground and really use that IDS mantra or the Sussex mantra, which is very much based in, yeah, this, this participatory action research, pretty much using the people that you, you communicate with as part of you know, your project every step of the way. And we know that that's the best way to do things because, yeah, I mean, we don't know what's best for everyone. We just know what's best for ourselves at the end of the day. And your film company, it's got quite an interesting name, hasn't it? It's Chilled, <laughs> Chilled Winston. Tell yes. us about that. Where did that come from? Why Chilled Winston? It originates from actually a UK saying from a, a TV show from the 80s. I recently found this out because of of this question, actually, I had to go and dig up why did we actually do this. Um, but <laughs> it's supposed to, I guess, embody this kind of 
everything is going to be okay um uh yeah mantra and there's a a playlist that I made on my Spotify that kind of has music that made me feel you know calm cool and collected in some way then we called our van Winston when we were in Australia and it just seemed it just seemed appropriate to call the company this because it, it really does embody this kind of feeling um, that, yeah, whatever project we're going to go through, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I mean, it's, it's funny. It's always a, a good story to tell, but yeah, it originates from, from, from the UK actually, which is funny. So. Take us through a bit more about how did you get from studying your MA in development studies to founding Chilled Winston? Like, what steps did you take? in order to set up your organization and move from an idea to an actual business? Yeah. Um, yeah, so what they don't tell you about starting your own business is that you're probably going to end up only doing 15% of you know what your business is actually for, and the rest is client meetings and admin stuff. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so how do you get there? Um I mean, like I said, after I graduated from my master, I, I, I'm weighing two options. So do I want to make a career in the standard way and, and have that security, the financial security that comes with it? Um, or do I want to, you know, pretty much have a volatile life in some way um, and keep moving and pretty much decide for myself where I'm going to be tomorrow? And yeah, I mean, once you've traveled anywhere, really, um, it's very hard to stay within within a structure and have someone tell you, you know, today you can't do this. And so that was really important for me to, to have that kind of autonomy to choose. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I love development studies, but I also love music. And I also, I love meeting people and I, um, yeah, I like to help others. And I know that, yeah, I know that being in the standard office job wouldn't have fulfilled me in, in any way. Yeah, I mean, you're going to ask me probably what the hardest thing is afterwards. And the answer to that is the same thing, almost, because motivating yourself is just as difficult as, <laughs> as knowing, um, which direction you want to take. But I think at the end of the day, it just, I looked at what my values are and, and what really matters to me. And yeah, a big house and the nine to five job wasn't one of them. And it's actually something I want to try and stay away from. And this is, yeah, Chilled Winston is pretty much the perfect, at least right now, kind of a jumping board to go into almost any direction. So if there's a development project, um, I could say tomorrow that I'm going to do it. If there's a film project that I, I care about, you know, or, or a topic that I start learning about, um, I can decide to, tomorrow that, okay, I'm going to invest my, my company's resources and I'm going to make a, a message about, about something that I care about. Just that meant much more than, I guess, the the... the I guess the fulfillment that you would get from uh, uh, an office life, but like I said, <laughs> it, it sounds dreamy. But there, at the end of the day, like I, yeah, we only did about fifteen percent. Yeah, about ten, fifteen percent of our days is, is spent filming. The other is really planning and understanding. A lot more office work than I actually expected. Um, mm -hmm. We all have ideas that typically will stem from what matters to us, and it's very hard for other people to appreciate why these ideas are important to us. And so I find myself very often trying to, you know, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of my ideas are stupid. <laughs> they're not they're not the best ideas, but it gives you this kind of space, or at least the company is giving me the space to just try all of them out. And mm -hmm. 
I'd much rather be failing for myself than failing for someone else, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. So you had an awareness that a nine to five and the stability of an office job wasn't right for you. You wanted the chance to create, you wanted the chance for freedom and to try different things out and go in your own direction. Um, And the insecurity that can come with that often, particularly in the early days, is worth it for you for those reasons. Um, But just help us, help me and the listeners to understand a little bit more about how you turned your idea into a reality. Like, it was maybe something that you'd scribbled on a notepad and now you're you're a founder of the founder of Tilled Winston. You're you're making your first documentary very soon. It's happening. Where it really started, I guess, was was Australia for me. So the, um, we spent a year pretty much living out of this van, like I said, and it was the first time I actually had enough reason to buy a camera. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I didn't even use it that much on that trip, but I really, really enjoyed the reason for why I was doing things, which is to capture these moments. And that kind of idea made it, made it very appealing. Right? So then... After Australia, like I said, I, I didn't know about development studies, so I, I applied and the development studies master was awesome. Gave me a really great um, overview of what the development world is and how to kind of approach it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, like I said, from there I did a 360. So I looked at the options in front of me and it was, okay, I can you know go back to econ because you know my bachelor in some way was predominantly based in econ and and politics or I could go and do development studies which is you know find a project that I care about and attach myself to them or I can yeah I can pick up this camera and just say all right I know a lot of these beautiful places in the world I've been to just shy of 50 countries wow well traveled (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to I'd like to be able to say I hit all of them by the time I die but that's a, a distant dream so far with COVID (laughs) <laughs> but no, yeah, so there's, like I said, you, you kind of force yourself to take some time to really think about what matters. And then, yeah, then it's like, okay, I have a friend of mine who's just as interested and passionate about, you know, these things that I am. So we, we pretty much linked up and said, hey, you know, the thing we did in Australia was actually, yeah, that was awesome. I think we, we can do something with that here. Um and so we found a creative agency where I did my bachelor degree, um, and they gave us kind of that first step. They kind of showed us the ropes, I guess, for six months. Um, but it was exactly the kind of work that I didn't want to do because it was six months unpaid, pretty much just do what they say. And they, they gave us that confidence, um, to believe that we are capable, um, in what we're doing. So. Them showing us how they did things kind of allowed us to see, okay, this isn't really that crazy of a dream. And so, yeah, after six months, we realized there were a lot of topics that we were interested in that we really wanted to do. And so we kind of detached ourselves and, and started our own, our own business. And yeah, I mean, my, my first project, um, yeah, it paid me 500 euros, well, 250 euros for two months of work. <laughs> so. That's where it started, um, and now it's reached the point where I can finally, yeah, the last uh, six to eight months, it's been full sustainable mode in the sense that the business is now running and operating. Amazing. Okay, fantastic. 
So you kind of touched on this earlier, but I wanted to know like what the most challenging thing is about running Chilled Winston. You talked about motivating yourself. Um, so it might be more along that theme or anything else that you found challenging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in uni and in school and at least in most of the experiences I had, um, I always had the, you know, a leader, if you will, or the, the manager or the teacher or the somebody who knew exactly what to do, how to do it. And they transfer that knowledge um, onto me. And I work well in that setting when I agree with someone. But then when there's that clash, I, yeah, I inevitably am not too, um, too keen on doing it. And I think exactly that, what I was saying earlier, is what I struggle with the most. And it's not having that kind of person who knows, you know, what to do tomorrow. You, know, you, have, to, you have to decide that for yourself. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't have a background in film. Picked up my first camera three years ago. I didn't even own a camera before that. And like, why would a client in their rightest mind want to hire me? (laughs) From a paper point of view, they're like, yeah, I mean, what do you have to offer? Um, so the hardest is really that kind of always diversifying what you're doing and trying to, you know, show that you are capable, but as well, yeah, motivating yourself. Um, you know, making sure that you do get up early and you do things uh, when you need to do them. But then the other side as well is knowing when to shut off and when to stop. Mm. Because, you know, when you have your own company, it's all-encompassing. Like Everything you think about is in some way through this lens of how you can grow it and how you can improve it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like my weekends sometimes are on Wednesday and Thursday because I realized I hadn't taken a weekend for three weeks, you know? <laughs> It's it's nice in that way as well, though. So I get to pick when I when I do take my time off and and whatnot. And if I want to go somewhere for a month, there's no one stopping me. Yeah, and I think you make a really interesting point there that um, it's not necessarily just about your clients believing in you, but you also need to believe in you. So, and yeah. this is relevant, I think, to all of our student and graduate listeners and listeners beyond that. But um, yeah, there's something in there around you very much there were talking about your experience through the lens of a deficit model. So I don't have a background in film. No, but you have a background in development studies and lots of experience, practical and theoretical beyond that, in other areas that make your proposition really unique and your perspective on things really unique. And that's attractive to your future clients. I definitely appreciate you saying that. Um... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there definitely is the, the other side. And I think that's also what, where my confidence comes from, right? Because the, the ultimate goal is to use what I know, um, the best way I can. And yeah, I mean, we do have to follow the money to some extent until, until, you know, you're able to do and be fully self-sufficient. But yeah, even when we're following this money, I guess we're finding our own little ways of dropping our, our little nuggets, like I was saying. And if, I just change one person's point of view about one thing after they've watched the video. The video will already have been worth it to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, I guess the beauty of the film world as well. It's, it's this kind of, like you were saying, this, um, infinite thing that stays in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can be reshared, rewatched and at different moments in your life, it might mean something different to you. Okay. So you've had an interesting journey. Is there anything that you regret? Ah, regrets. I purposely didn't want to think about this question, but 
No, it's caught me off guard. Um, no, I think I have the, the general regrets that I, yeah, I mean, that you don't make the most of your day or you don't, you always feel like you're not doing enough, um, especially when you compare yourself to, yeah, I mean, I'm comparing myself to the filmmakers of this world, right? And there's some exceptional people, uh, absolutely talented. And like, I could only dream to be, <laughs> you know, capable of understanding stories the way they do. Um, yeah, I think probably that, that, you know, you, you feel like you, you're not, making the most of your day but also then there's the regret that yeah i mean you travel around a lot you're always in different places and so yeah i mean i see my parents once a year for about a week <laughs> it's over christmas um and that's nice you know, it's always great to see them but yeah i mean i i definitely probably wish i would do that a bit more often i wouldn't have it any other way i think like mm -hmm. i i'm so lucky to have the people around me that i do and i know that if i were to have picked a different route if i hadn't started my own thing I would be even more, I would give you a longer list of regrets. So <laughs> I'm quite happy that it's it's only really that. Yeah, I wish I had more time. And you're also aware of the sacrifices that come from starting your own business, like the amount of time that needs to be put in to launch something and get it to that point that you're at now where the business is sustaining itself. So you kind of like, you mentioned filmmakers of the world who you kind of look up to, but... So who inspires you in life or in filmmaking? So I actually don't have, uh, like if I, if I look at people who actually inspire me, I wouldn't say um, that there's many filmmakers that do. I think the profession itself does because of how it's, yeah, it's this open place where people are expected, you know, by default to be out of the box thinkers and, and critical of everything they see and, you know, it can be annoying when you're trying to get an idea through and you're just getting holes poked everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the filmmaking world definitely inspires me. But if there's specific people, I think, yeah, for me, the people that, is, that have kind of shaped me to be who I am, obviously my, my friends and family. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of Alan Watts. I haven't, actually. He's a brilliant philosopher, uh, talks about life in, in a very... I don't want to give too much away of what his, his thoughts are, but in a long story short, he has this very, very awesome way of kind of sharing what he knows, which is like, well, you know, you're being silly. Why aren't, why aren't you thinking this way? Why aren't you thinking more about what you care about? Why are you just doing, you know, anything? Um, but yeah, so people like Alan Watts and I, I love comedians as well. So George Carlin is a, is a big, big influence. Um, unfortunately he passed away as well. Tolkien, I really, I guess in terms of storytelling, Lord of the Rings was was a big one. I read it. That was the first book I read. I agree I with just, you on that one. I'm a big Tolkien fan. No, he's amazing. And I guess his sense of wonder and adventure, the way he's able to, yeah, to describe things is how I would like to see the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so next question. Speaking of comedy, have you had <laughs> any laugh out loud moments along the way? Yeah, so I definitely had lots of laugh out loud moments and I guess um what I see as a laugh out loud moment is, you know, you're trying to do something professionally and then there's a little bit of a of a hiccup. There was a very important interview that I was doing actually with one of my old uh, professors. He was my my bachelor thesis supervisor and we were talking to him about interdisciplinary studies and, you know, why it's important to engage in a study that's not just monofaceted. Um, and he had this really brilliant answer of why that's important, and he kind of connected it with life. 
that life isn't just one direction. You've got all these different things that you're interested in. So why would your job or your career be one thing? And then I realized that I hadn't plugged in the microphone into my camera. <laughs> oh, no. And so the entire one and a half hour interview that we, you know, we went to the university to interview, we set up, pretty much the whole day was, was wasted. Um, so yeah, these things happen, you know, we've had, uh, we've had a lot of these little moments, but you learn, you know, you learn to triple check all your things. What was the outcome of that? You didn't lose all of that, did you? Uh, yeah, so we, we actually did. So we used it as a placeholder, um, in the film that we were making. And then fortunately, uh, yeah, fortunately, like I said, this was my old bachelor professor. Uh, so he, he was really kind, but I mean, we wrote him a nice big email explaining to him how sorry we are to waste his time to please, you know, if he has 10 minutes, we'll just record exactly what we, what he said and, and we'll just do it really fast. And yeah, we were so nervous about fixing that mistake. And, you know, we sent him a 500-word email pretty much explaining <laughs> the situation of what happened. And I'm sorry, you know, it's unprofessional, only to be found with a one-word response, which was, sure. And we had no problem with it. Okay. <laughs> so it's all in our head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can give you way too many examples. The more I think about it, the more I'm getting. But it's fun because, yeah, again, it kind of forces you to be on your toes. And, I mean, in filmmaking, there's also so many factors that you have to consider um, it's not just the camera or the actors or the lighting um, it's also your interaction with who you're with the place mm -hmm. you're, you're in you know you can't make too much noise but then if somebody walks by while you're filming there goes your shot you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of these a lot of these mistakes that can happen but yeah I guess it's also what makes it fun you never mm -hmm. know what to expect <laughs> yeah yeah so you really are developing that skill of thinking on your feet so what are your next steps for the business um, and where do you hope Chilled Winston to be in future? Yeah, so like I said, right now it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird time with the with the COVID. Um so a lot of institutions are kind of in this in-between phase of do I commit to the digitalization of the world or not? And that's kind of put a lot of projects that we had going on hold. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we said, okay, well, this is pretty much the perfect time now to work on this documentary. Um, so earlier I mentioned that I started a, a charity with one of my professors in my bachelor, and the charity is actually called Fair Fight. Fair um, Fight. Yeah, okay. yeah. If you guys want to check it out, it's uh, it's really cool. I'm not as much involved in it anymore, so I'm just doing this documentary because I, I have way too much work with with our company now. Um, but yeah, they, they pretty much teach martial arts to um, underprivileged girls um, in Zimbabwe and India. So if they come from a, a difficult background, we try always try to target them and pretty much to show the mental health benefits and the physical benefits of knowing how to defend yourself. It's mm -hmm. it's a very yeah, it's a very positive experience. Very often we see that these girls come out much more resilient to you know shocks than they were before. Um, so yeah, a documentary about that. So essentially there was a Norwegian filmmaker who went to India and he recorded a few things and he doesn't have the, the financial incentive to, to work on this documentary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because I started the charity, I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing film too now, so I can do it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what we're, what we're trying to finalize now. And then yeah, I guess in the more general scope, it is to, 
try and move away from the the marketing videos and really focus completely on documentaries and mm. yeah on on topics that I'm interested in so mm. so that you can raise their profile and raise support for different projects around the world that are, are yeah, making yeah. a difference to people yeah i think that's that's probably 50% of it and i think the other 50% is also to use um yeah to use what i've learned yeah, apply whatever it is that I know to the context that I, I find myself in. And I, I'm I'm a big believer of, you know, you, you have to create opportunities for yourself and put yourself in a situation where these opportunities can can meet you. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. Um, Thank you. How can our listeners, listeners find you and find out more about Tilled Winston? Yeah, so we're, we're on, I think, almost every platform. Um, Instagram is Chilled Winston. YouTube is Chilled Winston. Facebook is Chilled Winston Studios. Or our website, www.chilledwinston.com. We've got to get the marketing stuff right. <laughs> um, or yeah, I mean, otherwise LinkedIn is always a good place if anyone wants to drop me a message. If they have any questions about anything, we're always happy to, yeah, to talk with lots of other people. And I guess, oh yeah, one other thing that I didn't really mention, and that's maybe, valuable for listeners is that yeah i mean the film world is so it's multiplex there's so many different sides to it that you know i would be crazy to think that i will be a professional in all of these different elements Mm -hmm. and so we we're always working with different people so whether it's animators or graphic designers or you know the light guy or other filmmakers we always like to collaborate um and even if it's free work if it's a topic that we're passionate about, we're, we will put the, the time down for it. Mm-hmm. And so if there's anyone who's listening who has a really cool idea or has a certain skill set that might fit what, you know, everything that I've, I've said, please do reach out because we're always, yeah, I'm always looking for another graphic designer or another uh, vocal artist to do, you know, the next video. So if there's anybody that, that has these skill sets, please do also reach out. Uh, I'm always, always curious to, to see what, what's going on. Okay, amazing. Thank you. You heard that, listeners. That's a call to action. If you feel that you've got skills that can can work well with Chill Winston, that's an invitation there for you to reach out. If you're a current Sussex student, or if you graduated within the last three years, the Entrepreneurship Team and the Careers and Employability Centre are here to support you. Whether you're curious to find out more, want to develop a business or social enterprise idea, or if you want to find out about being an innovator within a company, we would love to hear from you. Contact us at entrepreneurship at sussex.ac.uk or visit our web pages for more details. sussex.ac.uk forward slash careers.